0: We are all aware that refugees from Ukraine came mainly to the neighboring countries, but Poland, we are all aware that the Russia's invasion to Ukraine caused a big inflow of refugees to the neighboring countries. In total, it's 5.7 million Ukrainian citizens who escaped from the war zone. The biggest amount came to Poland. It's 3.5 million already. Uh, and even though they want to get back to Ukraine, they are still in the Polish healthcare system. What was the, the biggest surprise, I think the global biggest surprise, is that almost 3% of Poles welcome those refugees in their own homes, including mine. We are living with those families still. We are helping them in their healthcare needs and daily needs. Their the kids are attending schools. And I think this is unprecedented situation that we also need to be aware that even though normal people random people are trying to help, there will be long term consequences and challenges that we are not even thinking of, like labor challenges, healthcare challenges, and parallelly we are also still supporting those who were in Ukraine and including families and soldiers and Patients who are suffering there. So this attention is splitted now and we really need this EU contribution, community contribution, because we cannot
1: work alone. Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Jascha Zaid. The person you just heard talking is Marta Kaczmarek, coordinator of the EIT Health Ukraine Appeal. When the war in Ukraine began, she welcomed one of the refugee families to her home. She then thought about how more could be done to help Ukrainians and started an initiative called the EIT Health Ukraine Appeal. EIT Health, which is a healthcare-focused knowledge and innovation community of the European Institute of Innovation and Technology, EIT, partnered with the Polish Medical Mission, which is a 22-year-old Polish humanitarian organization that provides medical aid to the countries most in need in the world. EIT Health is coordinating the gathering of medical equipment supplies and provides them to the Polish Medical Mission. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the work that the Polish Medical Mission has done so far, the needs that are present in Ukraine in terms of medical aid and medical equipment. You will hear from two speakers, Eva Piekarska president of the board and head of the development aid program at the Polish Medical Mission, and the already mentioned Marta Kazmarek, coordinator of the EIT Health Ukraine Appeal. This initiative is ongoing, so if you're a medical device manufacturer or have the ability to donate medical equipment, please go to the link in the show notes and coordinate with EIT Health to provide help to Ukraine. This episode is supported by EIT Health Germany, which is one of the eight knowledge and innovation communities currently funded by the European Institute of Innovation and Technology. As you will hear from Marta, it doesn't matter if you're a startup, a small or a large business, if you would like to contribute to support Ukraine, anything you can do to help will help. Eva and Marta, welcome. Eva, let's start with you as the representative of the Polish medical mission. The war in Ukraine is unfortunately going on for way over two months now. What are your current observations of the medical needs that are present there? Thank you, Tiesa.
2: I think there is still growing up what we can observe. We have a huge needs inside Ukraine, but also on Poland side. So. As Polish Medical Mission, we are involved in activities inside Ukraine. We are going to establish soon the field hospital in Mykolaev. We have three medical points actually on the polish Ukrainian border, but we have also a lot of activities inside Poland, like child protection programs, food protection. We'll distribute some uh, food to to the Western Ukraine soon with different organizations. What is very important for us also that we are able to establish and start the vaccination program because this is a huge need actually in ukraine it was before the war it was before 2014 but it's increasing after 2014 and now this is a horrible story and there's lack of warehouses the lack of access to medicines and to vaccines which are really saving lives
1: what kind of vaccines are we talking
2: about we are talking now about especially the tetanus vaccine, but uh, we are going to provide the Clodibac, which is uh, like uh, a vaccine two in one. So it's against diphtheria and against tetanus, which will be distributed and provided to the hospitals, Ukrainian hospitals, which they uh, who they need it. Tetanus is one of the most common infectious disease which you can absolutely get in European Union, in European countries, in Africa, in all over the world. After the contact with, with the bacteria and after when we have some infections, some injuries. Normally, this is the part of the vaccine calendar dedicated to the children. But we should be very careful about it, that it also should be distributed to the adult people every 10 years, because it's one of the most common infectious diseases. And if you will not prevent this disease, it can happen that after some infections, you will need to amputate the knee the hand the leg it
1: depends because it's very serious and very risky for human life the polish medical mission has a lot of experience in providing care in war situations can you explain how did uh, your organization when the war in Ukraine began, how did you get organized? What kind of support um, are you offering? Did you plan on offering apart from the vaccine program that you described just now? Of
2: course, we started with something absolutely natural. So we organized some medical points on the borders. We sent the medics, we sent some medical equipment, but also we established the chain logistic and we are receiving the requests from more than 100 hospitals inside Ukraine. With the needs, of course, of medicaments, of medicines, of drugs, of special medical equipment, vaccines, so many specific things. It depends, of course, of the type of the hospital. For example, donatological wards, because we also supported the t- special one dedicated to take care of the newborn baby who are under the risk of their life. And so it's absolutely natural way. It was the first step. We still continue it because we have uh, very regular transportation of medical equipment and uh, drugs in, inside Ukraine. But also, according to talks and the uh, memorandum of understanding with Ministry of Health of Ukraine, we are going to establish soon the field hospital in Mykolaev region, which is uh, absolutely still very risky area. We are not going to send the Polish uh, medical staff, but we will employ the Ukrainian staff who is there and who will provide the medical health care.
1: Just to uh, understand a little bit better, Polish Medical Missions has a long history. It's been um, active for over two decades. It's a volunteer-based organization. So how many people are currently involved in providing um, care for Ukraine? Has the number been changing since the start of the war? Absolutely. It has increased
2: because we had to hire a lot of uh, staff for the border points, but also for Polish programs, for child protection. And also we are really growing very fast as PMM because before the Ukraine war, we had up to 15 staff employed in PMM, but actually we have more than 30 different people, and we are still hiring because we are going to start some new projects with new partnerships with new INGOs. We are cooperating with IMC, International Medical Coast. We have some program funded by Save the Children. We also cooperate with, with um, Hungerhilfe, for, for example. And as uh, we are talking today with uh, EIT Health Platform. So we are absolutely grateful that we have this unique opportunity. And we are absolutely also, um, maybe not surprised, but of course, in a positive way that so many people, so many organizations, so many companies, they really want to help. And they are very active on this era. and we have wonderful cooperation and we can do much
1: more than we really expected. To um, elaborate a bit further on the medical equipment needs and before we go into the the partnerships that you formed with EIT Health, can you tell us what out of the medical equipment is most needed at the moment? I think it's really difficult to describe uh,
2: <laughs> the scale of the needs because it depends of the level of health center, of if it's a hospital, if we have some surgical uh, tools, if we have some non if we think about some rescue emergency equipment like cardiometers, theater tables like theater lamps, really also simple things like beds, which you can use and also distribute and establish in tents, in field hospitals. We also know that EMT
1: teams, they really also require so emergency medical teams who are working in Ukraine. Marta, among the organizations that is partnering in helping the Polish medical missions is also the EIT Health. You were the one that started the initiative called the Ukrainian Appeal, which is a project gathering and sending medical equipment to Ukraine. Can you tell me a little bit more about the project? How are you streamlining, I guess, the supply chain of medical equipment to the Polish medical mission.
0: Yes, of course. Firstly, uh, it's really a pleasure to be here. EIT Health Ukraine Appeal was the very first initiative among EIT-based organizations. And we were in the front line and we just really wanted to reply, respond to this urgent and growing. EIT Health has been very engaged since the very beginning of the Russia's invasion to Ukraine. We were analyzing it from the very beginning, how we can utilize our core competences as the biggest healthcare community in Europe. And we quickly realized that first thing is to, to map the unmet needs on the Ukrainian side. So we started to discuss and work with Ministry of Health in Ukraine. And then we also signed up the agreement with the Polish medical mission, course on the ground who had already the corridors, which we could utilize also to transport the medical equipment. So in the first stream of the EIT Health Ukraine appeal, we decided to focus on medical equipment only. We called our community to donate medical equipment, such as blood bags, some as Eva mentioned, power bands, sleeping bags, beds. Uh, because many of the hospitals in Ukraine are devastated, totally devastated. And, and actually, I must say that our first re- learning from this first dream was that many organizations were like wondering, but we don't have big amounts of this medical equipment. Then we still donate. And we learned that every amount counts. And this is also something that I would like to pass through today that no matter how many medi- medical dressings or uh, surgical equipment you can donate, please do. So this is the first stream and uh, we work very closely with the Medical University of which who decided to give us a warm house where we can store all the medical equipment that we collected from the EU. And now we are, thanks to Polish Medical Mission, we are kicking off the second stream which is mainly focused on this vaccination program against titanus. The program aims to help those in need, not only soldiers who are wounded, but also patients and citizens uh, who are victims of this horrible war.
1: What's the the status of the project so far? Are you still gathering help? What kind of responses did you get? What is something that's most commonly given? To you and is there anything that you detected that is perhaps on the top priority of the needs that would be welcomed to supply? Yes, EIT Health is
0: a big network. We comprise of 150 uh, partners, top healthcare leaders in academia, industry, but also startups community and it occurred that startups community was super active. We received a lot of words of support, which also gave us the feeling of the solidarity with Ukraine, that we are working together, that this collaboration is ongoing, and that we can really make an impact. So, for instance, we received a lot of glucometers, first aid kits, dressings, soil bags, and some medical equipment. Even in the smaller amounts, they in in total, they created a big tangible hub. And now we uh, managed to collect financial donations, which enable Polish medical mission to to buy fifteen thousand of vaccines against tetanus infection, which might be provided to the first, maybe provided to the first hospitals now in Ukraine. According to my knowledge, this will be Lviv. But then we are hoping to collect more donors who can help us in buying the second but ba- uh, bunch. Of of those important vaccines,
1: you mentioned glucometers. When we think about the first aid that's needed in a war situation, I guess we don't really think that in the group of people that's affected, you've got cancer patients, you've got chronic patients, and suddenly they're in a completely new situation where they're left out without anything.
0: I think that this is unprecedented project, and what we are doing not only in EIT Health but in whole Europe, different organizations, NGOs, neutral bodies. This is a proof of our humanity and our values. I think my personal biggest learning is that it's okay to fail. It's okay to learn. You don't have to run this project perfectly, but just be focused. We want to help patients, citizens, healthcare workers on the ground. And we do what we can today, hoping for the better future. So... I would say that learning by the way is okay and that having this feeling of solidarity gives to this project a lot of, let's say, contribution. You feel like you are not alone and that there is a big community behind your back that helps you make this tangible
1: impact. Thank you. Eva, as mentioned earlier, the Polish Medical Mission has a lot of experience with uh, these kinds of Situations, uh, and I also wonder what your perspective is. You're doing this on a regular basis. One would imagine that when the war started, uh, you knew exactly what needs to be done, who to call, uh, where to get help. What's the reality? How does th- this whole situation look like on your end? I think that we have to. I'm sure that we
2: have to organize a little bit according to to for our reaction to this Ukrainian crisis. But what are what is always very important in delivering humani- medical humanitarian aid? You shouldn't forget about these very sensitive groups of people, like mothers, like children, like elderly people, like people with also like people with disabilities. And we are also going and some projects for disabled people from Ukraine inside Poland. We will also do some trainings, exercises, and rehabilitation center. Maybe we will establish in Ukraine. Also, you shouldn't uh, forget about. Uh, Patients with chronic disease. And sometimes, as we observed, the people, the refugees, they're coming with also the carta blanca without history of their treatment, without any information for which disease they suffer, what kind of medicines they should be given. And they have to be under control of healthcare also here in Poland. And we know that. It's already implemented. It works better or worse, but it works actually. But I think that very difficult for us as for Polish NGO right now, it's still that we have to find some solutions. How as Polish Medical Mission, we can buy drugs legally and transport them because it's not so obvious in Polish law system. I know the Minister of Health is going to change their resolution. They, and unfortunately, if they will not accept our mm, proposal to end and changes, we'll be excluded from as NGO will be ex- on the exclude who can transfer medications, for example, which is very a huge and very important part of our activities. So we have a lot of challenges also here on Polish law system. And this is also something with which we have to fight and find solutions. And I really hope that we find common solution with other INGOs.
1: How do you work with other NGOs and medical professionals inside uh, the Ukraine? How did you establish the people contacts? Inside the country, because one thing that we haven't discussed just yet is that on the one hand, we have challenges related to the variety in the patient population and just the general needs that arise when the war starts. But then there's also the medical professionals that are needed, and some of them fled. Some of them are exhausted because of the uh, specific conditions that they now work under. And uh, even before the war, we already knew that workforce shortages, burnout were the pro- problems that are present uh, in the medical field
2: I can't give you so, so much information about that because actually, currently to look today. We had only medical, Polish medical staff on on the borders, on the, in the medical points. So it was quite easy to organize, of course, and but as uh, we are going to employ, to hire the Ukrainian medical staff to the hospital, this is something really also challenging. And uh, we have to have, and signs, we have to have some special requirements and uh, agreements from the Minister of Health of Ukraine, also from local authorities and This is a really huge cooperation to do it. And if you think especially about the safety of the people who will work there.
1: I haven't asked you yet. So what is the scope of the help that the Polish Medical Mission is providing? Do you work in cities inside Ukraine or is it just on the border? I didn't ask that earlier. Of course. We start our activities with uh, sending medical equipment to Ukrainian
2: hospitals. But at the same time, we establish medical points on the border, but uh, we don't have inside Ukraine, the local, the medical staff from Poland. We are based on partnerships inside Ukraine, on partnerships and agreements with local authorities and on their own staff. So it looked like that, for example, that uh, on the beginning, we sent medical equipment to the Polish-Ukraine border and... Uh, the Ukraine hospitals organized by themselves, also transportation, to pick up the things and to deliver to, to the hospital back. But from today's perspective, I have to also process that uh, the vaccines are not going to Lviv, but they are going directly to Kiev, so inside Ukraine, and they will be distributed to to other four hospitals uh, in the area. So they should uh, reach Kiev tomorrow.
1: It's been already 70 days uh, since the the war began. Eva, maybe any observations that you might want to add regarding your expectations about the future, the influx of people, the needs that are arising? I think it will be a long way, um, Mm -hmm. if you think of some reconstruction.
2: If you think uh, about building the new health centers, which were totally devastated and destroyed, and uh, it will take time. But I'm sure that if the situation will be just stable, the Polish, uh, and so so (laughs) Polish, the Ukrainian citizens would come back to their homes, to their towns, and uh, they will cooperate and they will do everything to come back to, let's say, normal reality as soon as possible. Because they really, they, they, they like the country. Of course, we have to be very sensitive about continuation of treatment of chronic diseases. We have to think about this vaccine calendar for children, which was totally stopped and blocked. And it's really important for newborn and for children under five years old. If we think about even public health issues and, and preventions of infectious diseases in the region, not only in Ukraine, but also in the region of Eastern Southern Europe, but I know that it will take time. So even the the what we of course wish the war will stop soon. It will take a years to rebuild the system, to rebuild the cities, to um, to let's say to come back the normal reality for them. But I'm sure they will do it, and uh,
1: they have they common aim and goal to reach as a call to action uh, a question for both of you maybe starting with Marta, is there anything that you are still missing in terms of partnership is there anything that you would like to uh, give out to the public in terms of who else do you need to provide more help
0: after 70 days of war we already learned a lot of things how to run this project but what we really lack of, and this is my call to the healthcare community in Europe and beyond, we, we are looking for supporters. We are looking for people who want to owe the impact and who can, who can contribute in a way like donate medical equipment. We are still looking for this. The list of needs, current needs, which is currently and regularly validated with the Ministry of Health in Ukraine is on, housed on our website www.eathealth.eu slash ukraineappeal. And secondly, we are looking for supporters who can donate funds so we could sponsor the vaccination program against the And I do hope there are a lot of supporters in our community.
1: Eva, what about you? So what else does the Polish medical uh, mission need? Is there anyone that you would like to give a message to directly, do you need additional volunteers? We are sending volunteers abroad, but this is uh,
2: absolutely no sensitive situation. If you think about the insurance who you can provide to medical staff, this is a problem with sending people inside Ukraine right now. But as I mentioned, we have these medical points on the borders. They still be working till the refugees will be passing the border. So we need to have funds for maybe not solar, not salaries, because most of the of medical staff by like the volunteers, but we need funds to buy medical equipment, to buy dressings, to buy drugs, medications, which should be there for sure. We are going to establish this first field hospital, but we already planned that we'll establish like three. So we still need funds and medical equipment, which will be the part of this field hospitals inside Ukraine. And uh, I think the first uh, action is, of course, in Poland, because, uh, as I told you, we have some child production programs. Of course, they will be uh, increasing. And also we are going uh, to start some food uh, and nutrition programs in Ukraine. Of course, we still need funds for that. And we are going to establish some new projects for people with disability because we shouldn't forget that also the number of disabled people in Ukraine after the war will increase. And we need to take care of them, to join them so again to the population, to the normal life, to activate them somehow. So we need the specialists, but also the funds to cover the cost of our, our actions.
1: If uh, anyone would want to reach the Polish Medical Mission directly, where would you direct them to? Marta already share, shared the cont- contact before for EIT Health.
2: Of course, we invite to, to observe and to, to go to our website, which is www.pm, like www.pmm.org.pl.
1: You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. To learn more about the show, go to facesofdigitalhealth.com. And if you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. This episode is supported by EIT Health Germany, which is one of the eight knowledge and innovation communities currently funded by the European Institute of Innovation and Technology, EIT. EIT. So if you're a startup working in the field of digital health or biotech and don't know EIT Health German yet, I would encourage you to visit eit-health.de where you will find more about innovation, acceleration and education programs. Stay tuned!